Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be the last episode in October, and because of that, we're going to do a little bit of a special episode because, let's face it, everyone's done all the serial killer stuff already. I did a Parasites episode because I thought it was creepy, and it did creep some people out, and I'm glad it did. That was the whole point of it. However, this last one's got to be good because it's going to be the last one in October, and this is going to be my last chance to scare people, and I thought... For the sake of culture, I'm going to delve into some Mexican folklore horror stories. Uh, you know, the classics, La Llorona, La Chupacabra, stuff like that. And I'm saying that because there's quite a lot that we don't know entirely. Um, if you're Mexican, you know the names, but you probably have a different interpretation depending on what part of Mexico you're from. And I thought that was interesting because it's it's going to be... It's going to be interesting looking at it from a different perspective because if you're from Michoacan, it's going to be different than if you're from, let's say, the farthest part, uh, the farthest south of Mexico, you know? Just different depending on what state. All right, let's get into it. Okay, this is a special one for sure. This is a woman who needs no introduction. If you're Mexican, you've heard of her. If you were a, a Chicano child or a Mexican child, you were scared shitless wondering when La Llorona was gonna come and get you. I don't need to introduce La Llorona. You already know who it is, but here's the thing, right? I was doing some research on La Llorona, the origins, the history and everything, and it is surprising what little we know about her. Did you guys know that she's not originally from Mexico? Yeah, she's actually from Spain. But, not just Spain, that's the weird thing about it. In Argentina, they have their own version of La Llorona as well. In every one of these countries, it's a different version. So maybe La Llorona was a legitimate uh, ghost at one point. Historically speaking, there was a woman who who did all these things. Um, did, did, she, did she drown her children, get cursed by God? Well, that last part was actually added by the conquistadores around the Christian period when they started taking over Mexico. More on that in a bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. Instead of immediately telling you all the history, I'm going to start from the beginning and just tell you the story of La Llorona. Okay? So bear with me. Um, my storytelling isn't as good as it used to be. Let me clear my throat a bit get some water. <clears throat> Once, there was a young indigenous Mexican woman who fell in love with a rich and noble higher-class Spaniard. Together, they would have two children, and they would live happy for the longest time. However, one day, here's where the story differentiates, by the way. In some of the tales, you will hear that the man cheats on the wife and marries another woman, while leaving the woman alone with two children. In others, there's a differentiation where the Spaniard threatens to take the children back to Spain in order for higher education. Regardless, this sends the woman into a state of rage and despair. She grabs her two children, goes to a river, and she drowns them both, holding their heads under the water until the bubbles stop, and then taking her own life. And as revenge, God himself after seeing such a horrible action taken from a mother, curses her to wander the earth, searching for her lost children, which she will never find. 
and the scariest part about it is that in an act of desperation, even though she's already dead and wandering the earth, if she sees a child out at night close to a river, you may be joining her in hell. That's the story that a lot of people have heard. That's basically watered down at the very least. But in all of them, you will hear mis hijos, meaning my children. She's wandering for all eternity, cursed to the earth to never find her children. This in itself is a pretty comp story, but the history behind it is very interesting, which is exactly why I wanted to bring it up first. For those who don't know where I may be going with this, think about how ancient Mexico is. This story actually predates the 1600s before the conquistadores came and took over Mexico, before the Spaniards came and took it. What happened was actually before that story, we had a very different story. The thing is, it was incredibly different after the Spaniards came and changed it, added God to the mix, added the rich Spaniard. Before that, however, the story was at Sihuacuatal, that is so hard to pronounce. Basically, the motherhood and fertility goddess was in the same story. They had this very similar story layout, but there wasn't a rich Spaniard. She didn't drown her children. She actually died during childbirth, which during, during those ancient times was the highest form of honor. This was the only way back then that a woman could get into heaven, sacrificing her body to give birth to her children. That was seen as very noble by the, by the ancient Aztecians. Out of respect for the ancient Aztecs and so I don't get cursed upon my family, the ancient translation is Sihuacuato. Uh, that's just so I can clear the air and uh, yeah, I, I don't fuck with ancient Aztecs. And see, here's the thing. The reason the story differentiates so much is that Sihuacuato was half woman, half snake. However, she had the exact same wardrobe that La Llorona had before the Spanish conquistadores came and added their own mix to it. Essentially, what we're hearing nowadays is a remix of an ancient tale. Sihuacuato wore a white robe, a shirt, and a coat, half woman and half snake. She represented the female part of the universal duality, which very interesting, isn't it? How much history changes when, um, when the winner is writing the story. So rude. Mentioned earlier, these women who died during childbirth back then would be able to enter heaven. However, I'm not sure if this is a mistranslation or if something else is going on, but the thing is, they wouldn't end up in heaven. They could get into heaven, just like the male Aztec warrior, but they would actually turn into Sihuapipiltin, which is a ghost that wanders the, the crossroads between life and death, tempting men and children and spooking the shit out of them, you know? Now, I don't think there's anything scarier than that, than ancient tradition, because back then, I mean, they had no other way they had no other way to entertain themselves, so they had to make up some of the most terrifying shit back then. And if I was a kid and you told me Sihuapipilten was coming after me at night, I would fucking watch my back constantly. Now, I mentioned earlier that the Spanish conquistadores was what changed the entire story and what gave us La Llorona. But what exactly happened and what was mixed in translation that eventually came to, to be known as La Llorona? Well, in, in Spain, they had um, a goddess named Medea. And in, in an old story, she killed her children as well. 
but it was much different, obviously, because they believed in God and so forth. For those who know a bit about Spanish history, you might also know the name Malinche, which was um, an ancient, uh, not even ancient at this point, this is um, when Spain conquered, um, when the Spanish conquered Mexico, she was the translator and she was eventually the mistress of one of the higher guards in Spain. But her story actually directly reflects what we know as La Llorona, because her son was eventually taken back to Spain and educated. So it was actually because of her that a lot of the things got mixed in translation because Spain decided, no, we're going to take your... We're going to take your ancient story and mix it with ours. Despite the fact that they already had their own. Get your own shit, Spain. Got down. And now, here's the thing um, where I differentiated earlier. Um, what I mentioned earlier was that La Llorona could be known as different names based on where you're from. For example, there are three names here that she's known with. Um, obviously the main one, La Llorona, that's the one we all know her as. But in other places in the world, she's known as Doña Marina. And another one, Malinali, which is kind of kind of a funny name actually. And another one, Malintzin, which I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. But the funny part is, apparently the La Llorona story actually adapted with the changing times in Mexico. Because the thing is, there is now a story that's not so ancient, but La Llorona is featured, I guess. It's like a fucking Halloween movie over there. Um, I think it's funny as hell because one of the stories is that if you don't pull over to pick her up in your car, um, she'll just appear behind you, <laughs> which is... I, I, <laughs> I would fucking crash the car at that point. I mean, imagine a woman who's basically dressed in all white linen crying for her children and she asks you for a ride and you don't pick her up what kind of an asshole are you well i mean apparently she knows what kind of an asshole you are because she would just go there and pick herself up just be like you know what fuck you let me in that lambo damn it Llorona, you got a nice taste in cars at least but no i thought that was interesting because the history of la Llorona is also the history of mexico and spain they coexist which i don't know if that's sad i don't know if that's good let me know what you think i thought that was interesting but there's a lot more to discuss here Oh boy, the more I learn about this next one, the more excited I get to tell you guys. So, going back on Mexican uh, folklore, we all know La Llorona, we now know her history, but what about the Chupacabra? You know exactly what I'm talking about, because here's the thing. This actually occurred in 1995. It was an incident just off of, let's see here. This wasn't Spain. This is actually fairly recent compared to most monsters. Let me check this here. Okay, this happened in 1995 in Canovanas, Puerto Rico. You gotta be kidding me. Now, here's how it started. There was a fuck ton of farm animals that mysteriously died because of two perforations on their neck, especially goats. Everyone knows that's what the chupacabra likes to feast off of, you know? Um, sheep or goats. But every farm animal is susceptible to this thing. But what is it? Well, according to the residents of Puerto Rico, it's a tiny creature that's four to five feet tall it's got big slanted red or black eyes. It's got small holes for nostrils and a lipless mouth, no ears, uh, spikes all the way down its back. It's got a hunched back. It's got goat-like legs. It could jump very high. In some cases, it's got bat wings, which I don't know why that would help. And it's just so funny because they gave it little arms. What's the chupacabra gonna do, hug me? That's cute. Did you guys know that chupacabras originally hunted ducks? Like back then, that ducks and rabbits, which 
I don't know about you guys, but that's definitely some coyote stuff right there. Like, that, that just sounds like a coyote to me. This was in the first year alone, but in 1996, the chupacabra reportedly killed over 6,000 farm animals. 6,000. That's a lot more than I thought it would be. And it all started in Puerto Rico. It was so bad that people started putting guards around their life, uh, their livestock. Some people just straight up abandoned the practice altogether. They just said, fuck it. We're not going to fight some ancient creature, whatever the hell it is. But it wasn't actually ancient. That's the thing. A lot of people still debate on what it is. It's either a science experiment gone wrong, an alien, a freak of nature, someone playing a hoax, which honestly this face is probably what it is. Um, damn, what was the other one? A humanoid? Which I don't know what that is. In my personal experience, that, that could be a skinwalker. That's some skinwalker shit right there. I already mentioned that in a previous podcast. I'm not going to talk about that again. Those things creep me the fuck out absolute chaos when it comes to those things um 6,000 though holy shit well this is all well and good but unfortunately the story does get really political at some point um there was a there was a president uh, who was up for re-election around the time that led um armies of people to search and hunt for the chupacabra and <laughs> the funny thing is he literally dragged a goat around and he held a giant crucifix in the other hand like, like it was a fucking demon they were after. And not just some experiment gone wrong. Um, but the thing is, it was around early 2000s and a little later that a different type of chupacabra finally emerged. This time more uh, central Mexico, a little further up north. Or a little further away. This one being described as a hairless dog with fangs. And the thing is, every time a corpse has come up, it's just a dog with mange. Or in other cases, it's actually a raccoon suffering from a skin disease, which honestly makes it, like, it, it makes a lot more sense. Because here's the thing. I've always been skeptical of these stories. That's how I was raised. Always find the source and the truth, you know? Because people like to make up stories in Mexico. What else is there to do out there? Drink? Party? Yeah, we do that here too. And we also make up stories. Except that one time that my coworker found a crackhead in his shack, but that's a different story for another day. I might bring him on the podcast to tell that. That was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it's t terrifying for him. You know he shit himself. I would have shat myself completely. But yeah, anytime you see a chupacabra corpse online, it's just it's just a dog with mange. If you've ever seen a dog with mange, you would understand. They look exactly like a chupacabra would be described. What I didn't know about the chupacabra is that they've actually been found so far up north in the United States that you could find one in Maine, which is probably just a dog with mange. Again, they're very common. Mange is a big disease for animals. Or, this is another one. Um, there, was a, there was a rumor that because of droughts in Puerto Rico, bats started attacking livestock in, in order to find another source of water or food. Which makes sense. A lot of these make sense because biologists were brought in at the time in order to determine the likelihood of what was actually causing it. Because, like, scientists don't believe this shit, you know? That's how it's always been. I'm not a scientist myself. I mean, I could have been. Yay, student loan debt. Okay, that's political again. Uh, you get what I mean, though. Biologists came in and they started determining that, yeah, this is just other animals attacking your livestock. Calm down. But it's fun to fantasize about a little demon creature jumping around, you know? It's just funny thinking about it. Four to five feet tall, hunched over, got a weird spike down its back. 
or if you live in central or northern middle Mexico, it would just be a dog with mange with fangs. Uh, there's actually a number of corpses of chupacabras you can find online, and you'll see exactly what I mean. It's, it's not hard to determine. I do think it's interesting how this creature, of all things, actually started just in 1995, like two years before I was born. That's how, um, that's how recent this thing is. It's not ancient by any means. The chupacabra is pretty damn recent. And it always will be. Because the thing is, that's, that's kind of what it is. The culture behind it is that animals were dying uh, due to un unknown circumstances. In some of these cases, the animals just fell dead. They weren't actually eaten or drained of their blood. But some of them were. And most likely it was done after the animal was already dead. I live in a very uh, country, bumfuck, middle of nowhere place where all we see is coyotes. And honestly, if I didn't know any better, I would say that's a chupacabra because they'll go after the corpses of um, cows or if they're in desperation, they'll try to attack a big one or a sheep or, in, uh, or a cat <laughs> or a bunny or a duck. All of the animals that a chupacabra would have eaten, a coyote would eat. But, you know, that's a story for another time. I just think it's interesting how cultures will always talk this way, you know? That's how it is in Mexico. We always tell stories because, honestly, they just keep the tradition alive. Storytelling is just so ancient. The, the act of it is, is a cultural phenomenon in its own right. And I think that's awesome. You know, keep doing you. Viva Mexico, you know? That's what I'm talking about. And now, one of the least spoken about days or should i say two days of celebration that happened in this time thanks to latin america and the conquistadors again man our history is really dark if you look into mexican history it really sucks how much we got fucked over by the spaniards but you know what this day is all right because i like to i like to think about it when it comes around the day of the dead begins at the end of october 31st and ends in november 2nd it ends on uh, at midnight, that tiny window where the dead can come back and walk amongst the living. Only once a year, because you know, why not? I say it's so uncultured because the thing is, I'm, I'm learning a lot of these things on the fly, especially the fact that all the calaveras, all the skulls that we see, are actually pretty, um, not, not even that, uh, what's the word? They're political. I don't like getting political all that much, whether it's ancient or modern, it's just, it's awkward to me, but this is this is our life. This is history. Jose Guadalupe Posada was the first person to actually draw skulls on the in a cartoony manner, which Mexican people loved, honestly. Looking at it, it's just they're dressed so fancily, but they're dead. That's the beautiful part about it. It was actually written as a political standpoint back then against the... Um, the people who now conquered Mexico, you know, the Spanish when they mixed in with the Aztecs, when they destroyed all of our shit. It's, um, I mean, thanks Spain for that, I guess. It's also known as All Saints Day, thanks to the Spanish, who destroyed a lot of the, um, the pagan altars that the Aztecs had. They say they're pagan, but they're not pagan, they're just ancient. Um, history is fucking dark, dude, I'm not even gonna lie. The reason I like... Dia de los Muertos is because it's on those days that you remember your fallen um, your fallen family members and you honor them. Traditionally, you would actually have a feast around this time. There's dances, people get dressed up. It's beautiful, honestly. 
the artwork all inspired by death itself all skulls sugar skulls are my favorite thing honestly the way they're designed they're just beautiful poetry written regarding the day of the dead is known as literary literary calaveras which is um it, it, it actually mocks the living which i really like it's like you're writing it in the perspective of a dead person which i think is really good it's, re it's really fun to write one I, I want to try my hand at doing that one of these, um, doing one of these this year. Just because, I mean, Halloween is okay, but how often are you going to dress up and ask for candy when you could celebrate an ancient tradition? Why would you, why would you want to, why would you want to do anything else? What I like it as well is historically, the reason that they would do these poems and they would dress up like this is because they would accept death. In Mexican culture, you accept death smiling. And the way they're depicted back then is that the, the the skeletons would be dancing, partying, drinking, having a great time. And that's what I like about it. Because it actually takes really big inspiration from the ancient Catholic Memento Mori, which is Remember We Die. Um, that's um, exactly as it sounds. Actually, that practice is still around today. It's just a lot of people who see it were like, oh, that's like some goth shit. It's like, dude, that's just this is just history, okay? Quit fucking bugging me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going on about. I'm so tired right now. One of the most iconic things you see on Day of the Dead is a female skeleton dressed as a European woman. This is known as La Catrina, which originally is actually a Mexican woman ashamed of her heritage dressing as a European woman, which back then, that artist I mentioned earlier drew her in that, uh, in that style as a dead woman. And the reason he did that is because traditionally, in almost every culture, not just Mexican, but in almost every culture, death is the great equalizer. That is important. That is why I like Day of the Dead. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, really tall, really healthy, really sick, any other culture you are, I don't care where you are in the world, where you are in your life, death is the great equalizer doesn't care about anything we will all die one day remember we die memento mori that's why i like it so much another beautiful cultural icon about uh, dia de los muertos is sugar skulls which if you actually don't know they were brought over by italian missionaries in the 17th century uh, around the time that the new world was being discovered i thought that was an interesting tidbit to add you don't eat sugar skulls but the whole point of them is actually to decorate them, making them look as pretty as possible. But they are made of sugar, so if you want, I guess you could try to make one out of sugar and eat it, but please don't eat it. Um, I'm pretty sure you're pissing off uh, some ancient ghost who's going to come and fuck you up, so don't do that. Mainly because in November 1st, we have the tiny skulls. The tiny sugar skulls represent the children who have died. You know, they're innocent faces, they're still smiling. They have the very pretty colors on it. All of it's made of sugar and a, a mixture of other stuff, uh, especially bright neon colors. That's what you want to do. You want to add brightness to a dark situation, which again, memento mori. November 2nd is when the bigger skulls come out representing the adults who have died. Just an interesting tidbit. If you guys didn't know what sugar skulls represented, that's what it is. The smaller sugar skulls are children. The bigger ones are adults. The children on November 1st, the adults November 2nd. Remember that. If you guys want to watch a movie that's based on Dia de los Muertos that's actually well done, there's The Book of Life that came out in 2014. I believe it was around there. And recently was Coco. Uh, if you guys remember that movie, that movie honestly almost made me cry at one point. Uh, 
Damn. I, I mean, that hits me close to home because of um, because of culture and the um. Damn, I'm, I don't want to cry. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, th that scene with the grandma. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <clears throat> Dude, Remember is such a good song. <laughs> Almost lost my cool there. <clears throat> well, I did. I had to pause the recording because I was crying a bit. Um, not, not even going to sugarcoat it. Um, but, remember, if you're going to celebrate Day of the Dead, October 31st, clean up your house. You have a very important visitor coming. And then you set up your altar and you put La Ofrenda, which is um, on a table... You put a very clean white tablecloth and you decorate it with all of the favorite foods that your past loved ones have um, enjoyed. And um, what you do, you need marigolds. Marigolds are like a beacon to the underworld where you are inviting them back. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful tradition, man. I'm just... I, I miss someone. Damn. This is hitting me close to home. Um, but again, with the altar, if you have multiple levels, th three levels um, would be a decent amount. Each one decorated with the foods of your past loved ones and photos of them as well, if you want to remember them. This, um, this Dia de los Muertos. Damn, I didn't mean to get emotional back there. <laughs> I still kind of am, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, Dia de los Muertos is a celebration of life and love. So if you are going to celebrate it this year, I highly encourage that you do. Damn, just got emotional near the end. I won't, I won't even lie. You could hear it in my voice. It's still a little choked up. But a huge thank you to um, Laura Adams for helping me with the, um, with the Day of the Dead, uh, the research. Uh, one more, a huge thank you to Dr. Emily Zarka for helping me with the... Um, with the research on the chupacabra and the um damn what the hell did i do um chupacabra and la llorona huge help with that i could not thank you enough um you guys have been the greatest listening to this have a happy halloween happy october whatever you're going to celebrate this year you know i'm i'm there for you uh you guys you guys have been the greatest listening to me this has been huge for you guys supporting me it just feels great, honestly. Um, uh, for, especially for everyone who's sharing content with me as well. Because you guys have been um, giving some stuff my way, giving me good commentary, and just increasing the numbers. This thing is actually popping off. That's what, I, that's what I'm surprised about. This thing is doing so well. And I could not be happier. Um, huge thank you to people following the podcast on, on Spotify on Google Play and on Instagram as well. Uh, Meet Wheat Pod again. That's on 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 Instagram. Um, th there's not much else to add to this, but I guess a bit of commentary on my own on my own end. Which I'm not the biggest celebrator of this time of the year, but I recently did lose a loved one, and for that reason, I will be visiting his grave, and I'll be doing the traditional thing of leaving marigolds on his uh, tombstone um, and as well as cleaning it which is a thing you do on the day of the dead in order to honor them um, 
I'll be paying him a visit more often, honestly. It's it's been a wild it's been a wild month. And again, a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening. So that that's about it. See ya.